Hi, and welcome to another episode of TPS Traffic Jam, where we jam about traffic. Joining me today is John Westhaver. Did I say that right? Yes. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad I got it right. Uh, we are talking about, well, a lot of things. Traffic safety, of course. And uh, we want to learn more about you. So uh, with that, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, so a little bit about me. Uh, I look different for a reason. I was actually burnt in a car crash 28 years ago as a result of uh, speeding inexperience. Um, uh, about a month and a half before high school graduation, me and three teen friends were out on a Friday night. We were road tripping. Uh, we were drinking in the car, but we had a sober driver, a designated driver who we thought was safe. And um, he was speeding. And we were kids that were used to speeding. We'd never been in a major crash before. You know, we thought we were playing by the rules by having a designated driver, so we was sober. But the thing was, he was speeding. And he ended up losing control of the car in a sharp corner. And the car rolled after hitting a telephone pole, burst into flames. Uh, myself, I was lucky. I managed to get out. But I burnt 75% of my body. Uh, my best friend, Jason, Aaron and Jimmy all died at the scene. It was a single vehicle crash. This single crash impacted the entire community, our school, and forever changed our families. And yeah, it was a uh, quite quite a long road to recovery. Now, where you're in BC now, right? Yeah, so I live in Victoria, British Columbia right now, uh, and this happened all the way to the other side of Canada in uh, St. Stephen, New Brunswick, a little tiny town, a little border town. <laughs> and it's funny, it, you're, you say it affected the entire community because it's a smaller community, but it affects, it doesn't matter where things like this happen, it affects entire communities and, yeah. and generationally it affects people. It does, and it does, it, you know, it really does. It, it, one of the things that why I do this is because a lot of times when you see a vehicle crash on the news or on the side of the road, you're passing by, you know, you don't, you may see the impact of it, but you don't see the long-term impact. You don't see the, the struggling, the suffering that, that happens when somebody dies or somebody's hurt or injured or has to go back to work because of an injury. You know, we never, really talk about these things unless you've been directly impacted. So I think one of the educational pieces that's missing is really just sharing the long-term impacts of a vehicle crash. Uh, and you say collision, uh, I say crash is the same thing because it's not an accident. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's an accident is a, a tree fall in your house in a windstorm. <laughs> yeah. Although the insurance company would probably say, cut it down before. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things that you, you you really couldn't have avoided. Yeah, like unless you would have cut it down before it fell. It, it's it's uh, it's amazing because when people, like you said, drive by a collision, they say, "Okay, here was something that slowed me down on my way home." But the cascading effects from that uh, that that affects so many um, never come into someone's mind, and it's always somebody else's problem or somebody else that's affected. And it doesn't really come into your uh, into into your life to in, unless you were directly involved. Yeah, and and. Um you know, a lot of times if you've been involved in a, in a vehicle crash or even a fatal crash and you do witness something, that re, like it represents everything that you've been through and, you know, your heart goes out to the people involved and, you know, and you have to deal with what's going on internally for you. Um, yeah, so it's, it's uh, it, you know, for somebody who's been there, it's just, it's, it's something that's always with me. 
Yeah. Now, people who are listening to this episode as opposed to watching it, uh, you said that you were burnt to uh, to 75% of your body. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm 75% and I'm first to fourth degree burns. So first degree is uh, the least severe. Fourth degree is the most severe. You really don't hear a lot about fourth degree, uh, but fourth degree is, is the... Uh, where it's actually destroys all of your skin and some tendons and bones. And, you know, it's, you know, there's major complications with fourth. And uh, so I sustained life-threatening burns to 75% of my body, first to fourth, 50% of my body. So 50% of my body is third and fourth degree burns. So major wow. requires grafting and like my hands, my face, my chest, my legs, you know, I'm, I'm uh, pretty scarred up. You know. <laughs> but you're here talking about it. You're you're taking the yeah. the uh, what happened to you and making it into a positive, and uh, that's that's amazing. Um, you, now you do a tour. You you speak to, to students. You you you've made this your uh, your mission. Yeah. So 20 years ago, uh, this fall, 20 years ago is the first day I stood on stage at a school here in Victoria and uh, shared my story. And I remember it, it was just, I was uh, I was standing on stage and I was reading through my paper and she was, I was talking about my story. <laughs> and I was just as nervous as can be. And I had no idea the journey that I would, that would unfold for me as a, as a speaker and the people that I get to make a difference for, like people around the world, people in India, China, you know, Europe, uh, you know, Australia, New Zealand, like it's just around the world. And, and I, the small town guy, you know, a little tiny town, uh, gets to make a difference for those people. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, 20 years ago I started, uh, I actually got involved with, uh, the Firefighter Burn Fund of Victoria, British Columbia. When I got involved with them, I got involved with their peer support group, helping burn survivors, you know, um, in that next phase of life after burn trauma. And I eventually started working with, uh, you know, the survivors and wanted to do more. But I wanted to talk about road safety. I wanted to really change what happened to me i wanted to change it that's why i got into it so i wanted to fix what happened but what i discovered is i can't fix what happened i can't change what happened mm -hmm. it happened i have to deal with it i have to live with it i have to be responsible for it and i can change what happens in the future and so i got involved with uh, icbc which is the insurance corporation of british columbia started working with them delivered a few talks and i've been speaking full time with them since 2008 as wow. as as on in their program of road safety speakers and we have probably about six or seven speakers that travel around bc talking about road safety um but I've traveled across Canada and the U.S. I um, I created a tour in the Maritimes called the Zero Fatality Tour, and that was in 20, 2016 I created that. And it started out with about 15 schools, and the largest year for that tour was, I think, 20, 20 schools. And uh, it was it – was, an opportunity for me to make a difference in the Maritimes because there's not really a lot of speakers that travel around the Maritimes mm -hmm. um, that talk about road safety. There are a few, but there's not a lot. And there's not a lot of resources for this. So one of the things I wanted to do was I wanted to make a difference for 
my provinces. I say provinces because I grew up in New Brunswick, but I've got family all through Nova Scotia and PEI and, you know, and Newfoundland as well. So it's, I wanted to make a difference for these provinces as well. They don't really have a lot of these resources. And so I got involved in, in this tour, created this tour. And here I am one guy again, I wanted to make a difference. And I said, I'm going to create a tour. And well, this one single guy, the last tour that we did was in 2019. And what was really cool with that tour is because of the person I am and the difference I want to make, I actually got to sit down with the Minister of Education for wow. New Brunswick, so Dominic Cardi. And so I got to sit down on a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him to talk about the tour and the difference that I want to make. Unfortunately, COVID happened. <laughs> and everybody sidelined. Yeah, and so everything <laughs> got sidelined. But, you know, eventually I will get back to New Brunswick and New Brun or Nova Scotia, PEI and Newfoundland to do another tour. But a couple of the provinces have never really um, done a lot of work in inside of speaking is Ontario and Quebec. And so I was like, hey, I want to come on to Sean's show and, and really share my experiences and contribute to his audiences and, yeah, make a difference and let people know who I am and what I'm up to and and also encourage those people that that are up and coming speakers that want to get involved in this stuff to get involved in and reach out to me. And uh, because we need more people sharing about their experiences. Absolutely. And, and I was so happy to hear from you. You reached out and, uh, uh, you know, as soon as I saw your story uh, and started doing research, I mean, it, it was an obvious fit. You, your story needs to be heard by more people and especially the people in Ontario. I, I say especially just uh, including the people in Ontario. Because <laughs> uh, you live there. Because I mean, yeah, and I, and, and, and I care about everybody. I, I mean, yeah. the goal of what we do here at Traffic Services, although it's the Toronto Police, although we, we speak to you know, Ontario Law every day, it's about traffic safety and that applies everywhere in the world. We want people to get to where they're going safely every time. And uh, we, we can't guarantee every time, but we can increase the odds by having people drive responsibly and safely. And it's choices. All of these things are choices. Uh, I think one of the most amazing things about your story is that alcohol wasn't a factor in the driver. So many times we say, oh, impaired driving, that's why it happened. Uh, but we, we, we seem to have a, a theme because if you have been in Ontario, if you've driven, actually I shouldn't say Ontario, if you drive anywhere, speed is an issue. People tend to ignore the speed limit. They, they, they're important, they gotta go where they gotta go. They, they don't leave themselves enough time and they're in a rush and you know it's a busy world and 10, 20, 30 kilometers over the speed limit seems to be acceptable for a lot of people. They don't feel unsafe. But yeah. driving is kind of unsafe. You're, you're hurtling yourself through, through uh, uh, the air. Yeah, you're in a car and you've got lots of safety things, but you're going fast. If you were on a skateboard, you'd be scared. <laughs> yeah and there's the the problem is there's so many un unpredictable things too like there's so many unforeseen situations like you know we 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 seem to think the faster the car the you know like a lamborghini or ferrari you know maserati you know they oh these are these are fast cars these are designed to drive fast but how many times in the news do you see these in wrecks destroyed like completely destroyed yeah, you know, Volvo for, for years and years, Volvo was, and I, I always go back to that, uh, uh, that movie where they, Volvo, they're boxy, but they're good. Uh, they're, 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 uh, they're, they're known for safety. They, they made a name for themselves in safety. Um, Lamborghini makes a name for themselves in speed and, and design and not, I don't know how they handle in a, in a, in a crash test. I don't want to find out. 
many people tend to defend the position of speed uh, that, that doesn't kill. Speed doesn't kill. Stopping abruptly kills, they say. They, they, every time I talk <laughs> about speed, I get you know a, a number of witty answers. But uh, it, it's all to deflect from the fact that speed does kill and it does injure and it does change lives. And uh, slower is, to some degree, safer. It reduces the impact. Literally. Yeah, yeah, and it's the you know it's it's there's there's the people that defend the the right to speed or I'm a good driver all these conversations on why they should speed you know it's you know speeding is not is not their only problem because if they're having an issue just dri following the rules of the road there's probably going to be other stuff <laughs> in their life that they're dealing with as well but um, you know one of the things that I um, what I talk about is the behavior behind driving. So what is it that's causing people to speed on a regular basis? You know, it could be time management, like mm -hmm. leaving earlier. You know, um, you know, one of the things I was just on, a, I went to Vancouver from Victoria and uh, I used somebody else's vehicle and um, I'm not used to, well, I drive in Vancouver a bit, but I, I'm not used to the time to get somewhere so i always plug my phone into my the cars and set my gps up one of the things i like about that is it gives you a time of arrival so that if i'm in an unfamiliar situation or if i'm in traffic i can just be like oh well i know i have a buffer of 10 minutes and it's telling me that i'm going to arrive in this time and if i'm stuck in traffic i can see that time kind of crunch i'm like okay well and if need be i can pull over give the person I'm calling uh, or give the person I'm, I'm, I'm going to meet, you know, calls and say, Hey, I'm going to be late. I'm stuck in traffic. But it's that, it's that, that little bit of mental headspace clarity that, you know, I know I'm in an unfamiliar city. This is how much time it's going to take to get there based on, you know, routes that have been traveled already and speed limit. It reminds me of a concept of the future you're living into. Oh yes, 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 yes. That's <laughs> well, all it's a whole bunch of things. We've taken some similar courses, and uh, it's very interesting uh, talking about time management. Uh, you know uh, who you are and, and who is responsible for the actions you take are ultimately you. But many people have uh, a lot of excuses or reasons why they're running late or why they're uh, they're choosing to speed. And excuses are really just deflecting responsibility away from yourself. Yeah, and I totally agree. You know, and when we take responsibility, you know, and we say, well, we need to be somewhere, it's it's important to us to be at that meeting on time. Well, then leave early, you know, <laughs> or otherwise deal with the impact of being late, you know. But, but don't put other, but don't put lives at risk just yeah. because you didn't plan. And that's that's what I talk about on a regular basis. I, I want people to, you know, get up a half hour early or plan your your uh, your clothing out, uh, lay it out the night before. Do whatever it takes to not be in a rush on the day because that, that few moments where you're trying to not look bad at the meeting that you're late for or school or whatever, or your job, uh, could be the last day you drive. And then also this, the, the mental health aspect of it too, like how much of your day are you stressed out because mm -hmm. you're running behind, like trying to play catch up, you know, giving yourself a little bit of time, like, you know, a little bit of extra time in the morning, wake up a little bit early, you know, get ready and, you know, go to bed a little bit earlier. You know, there's all kinds of things we need to do. And that's why I like to talk about the behaviors behind driving versus I'm not just going to tell you not to speed because you you should know not to speed. I want to share I'm going to I'm going to open your eyes to what are some of your behaviors and choices that you make on a regular basis that actually impact the speed. 
Now that's just we're just talking about speed. There's a whole there's other things as, as well. Like there's distracted driving, there's there's impaired, there's seatbelts, like you know, so it's really creating a conversation about what are the choices and behaviors that you're making that shape your driving. And when you get folks on those and you look at these, you know, it actually increases the quality of your life in many different ways. I, I've taken to podcasts, listening to podcasts, listening to audiobooks. Uh, my driving time is a relaxing experience, and it wasn't always that way, but I've, I've taken control of it, and I've planned it in such a way that I look forward to the drive. And when I see traffic, I don't say, oh my God, I'm gonna be late. No, I'm like, I'm gonna get through an extra chapter. Uh, I'm gonna learn some new words in my language uh, pack that I that I bought from, you know. I, there, there's there's so many opportunities, but you can choose uh, what which way you perceive it, and, and it will change your day. Yeah, for now as uh, I've got three kids under five and under, so now my drive time when I'm getting somewhere is it's like it's a kid free time, <laughs> and there's no yeah. there's well, nobody yelling in the back seat. <laughs> she touched well, well, me. I, She's looking. I at have me. gotten I've gotten really good at Disney classic uh, music, uh, all, all of the movies, and uh, Moana nine million times. So, uh, yeah, uh, and now my youngest wants to be a pop star, so she sings it all, uh, even if the radio's off. So I, I'm I'm forever entertained. Uh, but I, you know, as long as you uh, can can figure out a, a it's like to say a happy place, uh, you can you can relax and the, yeah. taking that stress. I don't need any more stress. I got enough stress in my life, uh, and 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 I certainly. Uh, have reasons to be home and to get places safely. And, yeah. and so many times I hear the excuse, well, I'm doing this and it doesn't affect me. I had a video that went up, you may have seen it on our on our TikTok account. I think I put it up on, on Insta, uh, LinkedIn as well. And it was of a photographer hanging out the window, taking that. pictures of a Lamborghini. And I didn't put it, hey, this is the police. I just said, it's it's not smart, it's not legal, and, and uh, uh, it's not safe. And, and many of the people who responded, not knowing it was a police account, said, well, who's he hurting anyway? If he gets hurt, that's on him. But they don't take into consideration, okay, he got hurt in the crash, but somebody either ran over him or hit him or the other drivers were now feeling responsible. A paramedic had to go and, and, and deal with them, a police officer, a, a fire uh, person. Everyone had a hand in the crash. And then you have the people who were uh, you know, secondary involvement, the parents, the grandparents, the, the, the siblings, the friends. There, there's Anybody getting injured has hundreds of people who are impacted. And that's just one stage. Yeah, and when I deliver talks to, to schools and organizations and companies, one of the things I do talk about is like, when I talk about the crash and I'm sharing about the crash, I pause for one, I say like, there's so many people that are impacted by this one single vehicle crash. There's hundreds of people that are impacted. You know, there's the families, there's the friends, there's the paramedics, like you said, the the police, the 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 firefighters, the 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 surgeons, the nurses, the you know, everybody in the hospital setting like that that have to address you or, or work with you um, when you survive. So yeah, exactly what you said. There's so many people involved. And what people don't realize is we're all human beings. We're not designed to see this kind of carnage. And as a police officer or a firefighter or a paramedic or a nurse or a first responder, somebody who witnesses the carnage of a, of a fatal car crash, like something like mine, where kids are on fire and burning and, you know, there's a dead kid on the road, like you, your brain is, is, is struggles, you know, to deal with that. And it plays in your head over and over again. When I talked to Annie, um, 
who is was one of the first responders. Her husband was one of the first responders that helped out and tried to pull Jason and Aaron out. And he and, and a couple other ones couldn't sleep for a month because every time they tried to close their eyes, all they could see were these boys trying to get out of this burning rack and watching them die. Like it was it, it was the hardest thing to process and deal with. And I want to tell you, some people never recover. Some people don't have the tools to be able to cope with that. And they turn into drugs or alcohol or some other mind-numbing behavior that that helps them just exist. Mm-hmm. And some people can't exist beyond it. It takes a, a toll. And as we saw in the news recently, uh, some people take their lives and uh it's tragic it's the whole experiences are tragic and and avoidable uh because had the driver not been speeding your collision may not have occurred yeah yeah and 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 teenagers nowadays not nowadays but all teenagers and all, all kids and whatever we don't think about the impact on our parents like mm-hmm. one of the things I, I do i did after the the crash when i got into speaking is i went and talked to the parents to see how this impacted them and you know talking to jimmy's dad peter you know he was sharing with the, the guilt that he had because he had given this car which was the family car to jimmy and he felt some sort of responsibility for this and you know, as, as kids and teenagers, we don't really think about that. When my, when my daughter trips and hurts her knee, I, I think about, I wasn't looking, I wasn't there. I should have been closer. I should be paying more attention. I can't imagine being in the position, you know, of, of the parent who said, sure, take the keys. I trust you. You're responsible. And, and, yeah. and then comes back with, with never seeing their child again. You know, uh, there's, there's, there's some heavy duty guilt, uh, that's associated with all these things. Um, I, I, uh, I used to be a, a, a photographer who photographed collision scenes and as a result, you know, so I would go to fatal crashes and, and photograph them, uh, as a member of the police service. It, and, uh, there's, you see a lot of stuff and we have a lot of members who, you know, are in therapy or, or, or can't deal and they can't do this kind of work anymore. They go to a different type of policing where they're off the road because it's just, it's too much. Just like you said, it, it, there's only so much that you're capable of processing and everyone deals with it differently. Yeah, and 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 in some places where, you know, like Toronto, for example, you guys have a lot of resources for your police, but you go to some smaller communities or other countries that don't have the resources, the mental health support and the the the, the making sure the the police are, and paramedics and firefighters are are fit to go back to work. Like, they, if they don't have the resources, you know people don't get the help you know and a lot of times in the in the industry you know the firefighters the police the paramedics you know the the old school way of thinking is like oh i'm fine i'll get through it oh, just another day at the office sort of thing but it's not <laughs> it's, they push it down they suppress it they don't talk yeah. about it uh and and topic uh, talking or speaking and, and having conversations like this are, are ways of, of processing but at the end of the day, we're talking about band-aids to wounds that could be could have been avoided through responsible driving, through better choices. And that's where we want to get to people through education. Before, we want people to have conversations at home with the, you know, with their loved ones. Um, we also want to acknowledge that, you know, parents, when you're driving and you're driving in a certain way, whether you're speeding or using your phone, you're teaching your kids, even if they don't speak, they're learning. Uh, and it's a, it's not 
something we can just issue a ticket to fix. It's not something we can just put a post on uh, TikTok or Instagram to fix. It's something that we as a community have to come together and discuss and, and agree upon. It's, it's about being in that same reality where we share information uh, and, 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 and then we'll get somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, but but it's those things. That, so you speak to to students. What kind of reactions do you get? Uh, you know, it's yeah. There's a lot of different reactions. You know, one of the things that like you know what I like pride myself in is is delivering, you know, to high school students and companies and organizations. But what I pride myself in is is being able to be that speaker, be that person that it clicks for people. Like it it clicks, and they're just like I never thought about it like that before. Or never thought about that, you know, and and something shifts in them, and you know, you know, that message is never leaving them, whether they choose to follow the, you know, the, your your advice or your, what you're offering, they're never going to be the same. They're never going to think the same because you've impacted them in such a way, and so that's what that I what I like doing is is being that speaker, you know, that that shifts behavior. You know that it, that brings them on the journey of what it was like to be a teenager, to go through this, and then to see that you know there's choices that we make on a regular basis that impact other people, and so really, you know, my choices impact people in the future. So if I can shift their behavior, my behavior to making better, safer choices when in a vehicle, whether it be the driver or the passenger, it it just it makes a huge difference in in uh, reducing the the carnage, the suffering, the the tickets, the you know all the bad stuff. <laughs> I, I like how you say you're the speaker that that allows people to just click. It's almost like a, a kernel of popcorn popping. It can't be unpopped once you allow them to see what you're showing them. It's a forever yeah. change. At least that's the hope that yeah. that the impact that you make on them is a is uh, is going to carry with them for the rest of their lives. And that's yeah. the hope that I I have every day too. Yeah, and it's like for, you know, what I tell kids, you know, in, in audiences is uh, for me to do an effective job at what I do, for me to get communicate effectively, I have to rip off that bandit every single time to share the, the, the wounds with you, per se. Um, so I have to relive this every single time I talk about it. Is that easy? <laughs> Hell no, it's not easy. But I do it because I want to make a difference, and I know what it's like to live the hell that I've lived over the last 28 years because of choices that we made as teenagers, you know, thinking nothing would go wrong. And so I, I rip that bandit off every time to share the open wounds and be raw because, you know, I know that my efforts, you know, as painful as it is to to share that, I know it's going to make a difference for somebody. Yeah, and, and even if it fixes or, or saves one life, it's yeah. worth it. And I'm sure you've been responsible for saving many, many, because uh, like I said, your story is amazing. And, and the fact that you get up and, and are, are so committed to this is, uh, is inspiring. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, it's it it takes it, it definitely takes some things some days to get to get on stage and <laughs> put all the noise aside and really be present out there. You know, for for a long time I was a robot on stage and just was in presentation mode and focus, just deliver your content, deliver your content. But as I as I developed as a speaker, it was really getting connected to my words and what I'm saying and and pausing in the moment and being like, "Hey, what do I want to say in this moment?" 
you know, if I had the freedom to say anything and then I'll, then I'll, you know, be present with the audience and share what's in that moment. And so I go to you, Sean, in this moment and what you do, if you had the freedom to say anything to your audience, what would you like to say to your audience? Oh, man. Uh, th there's so much to say, but it's... With the freedom the to say day, anything. You get to pause. Yeah, okay, anything. chief, chief, this is, this is, he gave me authorization. Yeah. Uh, we have a responsibility to do better. And it's not, it's not something that, um, oh, what did I say? Okay, I'll put all the noise aside, put all the noise aside and just noise. focus. What is it? <laughs> what is it that you authentically want to share unfiltered? Well, there's always a little bit of a filter. I have, I have a, a whole set of a whole set of rules and regs that I have to follow. But, but I, uh, I, I and this isn't new. But we, 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 police aren't about ticketing and and telling you what to do. There's an underlying desire to see people get along, be safe, and go home and live, love, and be happy. And there's this very frustrating belief that we are bullies with badges that just want to uh, make money for the man and, uh, and boss people around. And nothing can be farther from the truth. We are real people who see really bad stuff on a regular basis. And uh, if we don't experience it directly, we indirectly experience it through our colleagues and, uh, and shared experiences. And it's hard, it's hard. And it's very difficult to listen to some of the feedback from people who don't appreciate and cannot relate. Uh, many of whom are very young and don't understand. And I, and I discount that when people come back, especially online where we are subjected to all sorts of, uh, uh, I wanna see it's bullying, it's online bullying. And as much as I say I'm a traffic man, I have no heart, uh, it, is, it is very difficult to listen to people who just don't wanna hear anything other than I have the right to speed, I have the right to, uh, to modify and make my vehicle unsafe because it looks cool. Whatever the motivation is, I hear that and I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hurt every time, a little bit, because it's, it's just not, uh, it doesn't jive with what I understand and know to be the right thing to do. And it's not a moral thing that someone told me because I'm always told, oh, you're just telling, telling uh, folks what the man wants you to tell. You're, you're, you're bought and paid for, Shapiro. You're, uh, you're telling us the rules because it's, it's, good for the, it's good for everybody. These rules were designed based on uh, common sense. Most traffic laws, most laws in general are based in common sense. When you go too fast, you're going to hurt somebody. If you drink and drive, you're going to hurt somebody. And uh, yeah, so I'm frustrated. But it's through conversations like this that I get to have with you and with others um, that, that help me come back to this is important and we need to have these conversations. And we're going to have them as long as I'm around uh, because it's important. And like I said, we care. So there's my, 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 uh, my break from uh, my, my normal spiel because uh, he said I could. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's 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 why I like I like asking that question is because a lot of times um, people don't understand what it's like to be of service as a police officer, paramedic, or firefighter, and to go to a crash scene and have to pick up the pieces and take that person to the hospital, you know, and never know what it's like. Like what, yeah. what, what, you know, the efforts that I did, like, and then like, they don't understand the, 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 the 
just the suffering that that you guys go through when you have to do this day and day, you know, day and day out sort of thing. And you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of hardship that goes through or goes on with somebody when they have to, you know, do this on a regular, regular basis. And so I, I really encourage people to stop and think, you know, what is it like to be a police officer when you have to do that? When you have to give the the, the next of kin notice, is it called? Um, or paramedic or firefighter, when you're having to go to these things, like, you know, if we can get over into other people's world for a moment, you know, we can see that our choices are actually making a, a huge impact in the world. And if we can make smarter choices, you know, it, it'll, you know, let there be less impact negatively in the world, I think. You know, something that I want to acknowledge, people say, well, fast is fun and I deserve to have fun. And why do you always mess with my fun? I'm all for fun, but do it somewhere where it's safe, controlled. Uh, you want to go fast, go on a racetrack, learn to drive properly, do it professionally, do it uh, in, a, in a way that if something goes wrong, there's a pit crew there, there's somebody, uh, you know, emergency services prepared and everyone involved is knows what to do next. Uh, you know, we have uh, in, in the real world uh, people who you might be waiting for, for a paramedic to come save you. And you may have modified your vehicle that we take longer to get you out. And, and when seconds matter, I mean, if a car's on fire, seconds matter. Uh, but uh, sometimes it's not cool uh, to be safe, uh, yes. apparently. Yes. And, you know, if you want to you go fast, run. <laughs> do it the old-fashioned way literally without combustion engines i love running i'll tell you i'm an adrenaline junkie and i love to run it I, is I am one uh, of the best things out there get it out of your system you can have it i don't like to run i never have i did it i i can do it actually i used to be able to do it i can't say i can do it now i i came to a, a mild trot to catch up to my little one uh and i thought i was gonna die so uh yeah not not gonna happen for me in the next i i'd love to be able to run uh but my body doesn't cooperate so uh i i i we could talk for hours i really enjoy spending time with you is this has been fantastic unfortunately i have uh i, I have got to end our episode uh but I, I don't want to cut you off without the opportunity to to uh, impart some some knowledge or something that you, that's really important to you. Um, your opportunity to, without filter, share. Yeah, just for me, it's uh, just get to those other people on the road with you. And when when your choices result in a crash, because they will. It's not. It's not if it. It's going to be when it happens you there's going to impact other people around you and it could be your loved ones it could be people you care about and if you can do something now to shift your behavior and your choices so that you don't have to impact them you're gonna save yourself and the people you love a lot of suffering uh, you just inspired a thought you know they say when you, when you do public speaking you should envision the room naked that gives you some, some self-confidence. Instead of doing that, when you're driving, envision every car on the road to have the people you love the most in it. Because if, if, if you're putting them you know, in every car, then you'd hopefully be making choices to protect them. And, and if you can spin your head around that concept where everybody is as valuable as your most loved person, then maybe you'd make better choices. And maybe you are a great driver. Maybe you're a really responsible one who does make those good choices every single day. And if you are, I commend you. But if you're not, please, please have another look at reevaluate things because uh, um, when it goes wrong, it goes wrong real fast. 
Yeah, it does. It does. And then also, just uh, if you're looking to have me come to your school or organization or company, uh, reach out to me, John Westaver, uh, dot com is my information. And uh, I think we'll John put will it, put we'll it down. Put it, we'll put it in the put lower third, below. right down there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, reach out to me. I am booking now for the fall and and uh, next spring, but I uh, really want to make a difference for your people. And, in Ontario, uh, your school organization in Ontario specifically, uh, because I haven't done a lot in Ontario, yeah, or yeah, any, anywhere across Canada. Because you're so in person, you, online, virtually, you do it all. Yeah, I got a studio here. I got a full-on studio. I can do it here in person. I can do pre-recorded, hybrid, whatever you want in person. In awesome. person is what I like, you know, because I get to come and meet your 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 people. Uh, but yeah. It's uh, well, I hope you can make it down to Toronto because I'd love to meet you in person. So we'll uh, just make it happen. That's it, it'll happen. We'll just make it happen. Awesome. Uh, all the information in the show notes, everything will be available for you. Uh, once again, John, thank you so much for spending time with us uh, on Traffic Jam. And uh, we will uh, hopefully do this again sometime in the not too distant future. Yeah, thank you, Sean, for for being the the voice and the face of this this program. You are doing a great job, and and, and uh, yeah, just thank you, thank you, and, and and thank you. We're all thanking. We're all about thanking. Uh, it's been awesome. Okay, uh, we'll we'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit end recording there.